pack your bags, start the car, and get on the road. It's time to go across the country two minutes at a time for the biggest stories of the day where they're happening. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Indianapolis, Indiana. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cleveland, Ohio. Boston, Mass. Miami, Florida. It's the two-minute drill on the program. What's going on? Yeah, put your hands in the air, you know, wave them around like you just don't care. Uh, it is the program here on Sports Radio 810. Somebody raised my hands until we were doing the fourth quarter. Yeah, we got, we're rolling, it's only halftime. Halftime, Hatch. Easy. Settle down. Three. We don't do three quarters. Uh, yeah, we could. Good. Celebrate every quarter of the program, if need be. Uh, it is time to uh, get to the two-minute drill. Around the country, two minutes at a time, talk to the people covering the stories where they're happening. It's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks. Find them online at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Uh, if you are looking for a made-from-scratch menu, if you're looking for 29-degree draft beer, if you're looking for premium cocktails served over ice bowls, uh, if you're looking for TVs everywhere to watch, maybe the NFL Combine. Yeah. You know, that's all on this weekend. So we're going to watch the Combine, watch some college basketball, and, of course, the most scenic views anywhere around. That's at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Uh, Independence, Olathe, and in the Northland. Uh, get to Twin Peaks today. And don't forget the uh, beer-battered fish and chips for a uh, wonderful Lenten meal, if you'd like. Great flavor. Uh, beer-battered cod served with house-made tartar, malt vinegar, and French fries. Uh, scored along with a uh, big old beer for 12 bucks every Friday through Easter or grab uh, grab them with a soda uh, or maybe a tea. That's just 10 bucks. So a great Lent special for you every Friday at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. All right, let's get things started in Washington, D.C. Our man Linnell Wellingham, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. is up first. Linnell, how are you, sir? I'm good, guys. What's going on? How are you? Uh, doing very good. Um, you know, first of all, by the way, do the Wizards even register? Uh, on the sports scene there in D.C.? Wow. Look, I, I take that personal because I'm one of the few people uh, that actually take the time to go out to each home game and cover this basketball team. So, uh, no, it's been definitely been a rough start for the boys. I know Jordan Poole has been – feels like the punching bag of the NBA for, as far as media circles go, but still looking for that elusive 10th win on the season, my friend. So it's yeah. been uh, – been rough. 0-12 in February. And by the way, I, I appreciate you saying rough start to the season as we've cleared the the the, the All-Star game and yeah. trade deadline and what have you. And it's a, still just a start. You know, hey, maybe things will look yeah. up. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I hate to say it because he's semi-local, at least from the state of Missouri. The Bradley Beal deal did not work out uh, when it was all said and done. Um, that one has not been a good one. All right, let's talk about the Commanders. Anybody shocked? that the Commanders were the only team to rank lower than the Chiefs in the NFLPA survey? Yeah, look, I know fans locally were in a tizzy about the results of that NFLPA survey. You all know uh, that the players were polled on that back in October in Washington, you know, currently going through a change in ownership. So a lot of the results not reflective of the current job that Josh Harris and this new regime uh, have done to this point, I think. Uh, just talking to the players on the record, off the record, it feels like Josh has come in right away and put his fingerprints on trying to improve, you know, the, the state of the team from every vantage point possible. Uh, we just had an announcement, I believe it was two days ago, $75 million in, res- in renovations, excuse me, 
uh, for FedEx deal coming up this next year. And I know a lot of folks were looking towards a potential new stadium deal, but uh, President Jason Wright announced two days ago that Washington expected to play uh, at, I can't even call it FedEx field, Commanders Field uh, through the 2027 season. Right now still looking for a sponsorship after FedEx pulled out two years early. So a lot of moving parts when it comes to the stadium front with Washington. Yeah, no, no kidding. And, and let me dig a little deeper on that because uh, the Kansas City Royals want to play their 28th season in a new ballpark, and they've got a vote coming up here in a month. Um, yeah. You know, like you're talking about through 27. Like, time is of the essence right now, isn't it? Time is 100% of the essence. There was a vote two days ago that actually passed to the Senate floor, and they're waiting on that to get the land at the old RFK site back to D.C. And the expectation is that Washington will end up playing their games there uh, once the lease at FedEx is actually up. I've been in the minority with this, though, guys, because I really don't feel like public funding should come from D.C. I know in the, jur- the jurisdictions that are competing for the rights to the stadium are D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and I don't think the district is in good enough financial standing in comparison to Maryland and Virginia to go out and give taxpayer dollars to try and build the stadium. And when you have 21 limited partners, my friend, you, you kind of look crazy when you ask for taxpayer dollars. So we'll see how things ultimately go on the stadium front. But just from a nostalgia standpoint, I know a lot of fan base, a lot of the members of the fan base and that older demographic are hoping uh, for a return to FedEx. All right. RFK. All right. Number two pick. What do they do? Who are you zeroed in on at the quarterback spot? Do we think they trade up? Do they think they trade down? What's the plan? One thing that I've been saying, all options really should be on the table. We begged and pleaded uh, for the proper organizational structure with the GM, head coach, and ownership all being on the same page. you got to trust the process. I've been saying it here locally. You're at the mercy of the evaluator. There are a bevy of different ways they could ultimately go. When you're picking in the top five and you have three you know, potentially franchise-altering quarterbacks at the top, you think the assumption would be that you go quarterback, but the rest of the holes on this roster make it make a whole lot of sense for you to potentially trade back and get some extra capital and ammo to help accelerate this rebuild. But with the assumption that Caleb Williams ends up going number one overall to the Chicago Bears, I love Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU. And the one thing I love about quarterbacks in this draft class is when I'm judging the quarterback position, I want guys that have gone through athletic adversity. We know his time at Arizona State wasn't that great, but he came to LSU and really lit the SEC on fire last year. I think Jaden is the type of franchise altering quarterback that Washington should be looking at with that number two overall pick. I will say this, though, about Jaden. Weighed into the combine at just 210 pounds, kind of slight in the frame. So we'll see uh, how he can improve from a physical standpoint between now uh, and August when training camp comes. Yeah, and maybe too tough for his own good when it comes to that 210-pound frame. (laughs) And you can probably count on that 210-pound frame being, you know, bulked up here since the end of the season that he probably played less than that when he was at LSU. So uh, I love him. I think he's great. But uh, you got to wonder, can he take the beating? We'll find out. Leno Willingham in D.C. Great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys having me. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota. Eric Norquist, 100.3 KFAN in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Twin Cities. Uh, Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing doing great. Uh, Vikings did great in that NFLPA survey. That had to make everybody feel better about not making the playoffs, right? 
Yeah, no, we, we, we hang banners like that here in Minnesota in lieu of championships, uh, customer service awards, uh, you know, streamlining facilities and beautiful. I just that last caller talking about no taxpayer dollars. We'll fund any stadium up here. There's no doubt about that. And we love that survey. Uh, Ziggy Wolf got an A+. Plus. Like, I don't know, is that good? Like, here in KC, like, the owner got an F and the coach got an A+. Plus. Seems like the battery's in backwards, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe it, one has nothing to do with the other. But the Chiefs have been lowly rated two years in a row and won two championships. Um, you know, I mean, what, what, what credibility should the Vikings put into this? Well, no, see, that's and, and I'm really glad you brought that up because you're looking at, you know, we're, we're a fan base up here that are yearning for the championships that you're enjoying down in Kansas City. Yet your owners being chided, maybe it's facilities. I read a little bit about it. I forget exactly why Clark's under the under the gun here with that. But but then up here in Minnesota, it's like wow, you know, in terms of doing everything we can to make players and coaches and everybody feel great about the situation, uh, the Wilts have. Have, have truly, and I, I think they do deserve a ton of respect in, in terms of the, you're never going to have an issue or you're never going to lack something here in Minnesota. So they've done everything they can, except ultimately, through their ownership, uh, find the, the right combination of coaches and players to do what your owner has done now three of the last five years. Yeah, no, it's it's. Listen, I think the Chiefs have work to do. Let's let's not belittle it too much here in Kansas City because I think it. You know, you do have to go out and try to attract free agents. You know, they they need to get better uh, on that front. But Andy Reid's A plus is probably the most important part. I don't know if you're yeah. aware of this, but uh, you know, the Vikings can't wait to trade Justin Jefferson. Uh, Chiefs fans call me all the time and tell me this that uh, a deal of uh, the Chiefs' first round pick, Marquez Valdez Scantling, in a second round pick uh, is going to get it done. Now, they've changed their tune since the Chiefs, as I pointed out, would did release MVS, so we'll find some other rummy wide out to throw your way. But were you aware that the Vikings were so eager to trade their best player? You know, I've, I've, on, on our end, it's, it's funny because that's one of the biggest talkers in the draft is what you could get for Justin Jefferson. And just imagine it, four or five first-round picks. We live in a fantasy football world, so we look at real football from a fantasy perspective all the time. And, and uh, you know, MVS, man, if he brings those hands up here, whoo! Uh, that would be that would be interesting. No, the, you heard it, uh, or maybe I haven't. Uh, General Manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa, so uh, forthright, and, and this is coming from a guy that sometimes doesn't necessarily get directly to the point. He was very, very adamant about the fact that uh, trading Justin Jefferson was never on the mind of him or anybody inside that building, wanting to keep uh, the marquee player in town. And so you, you love hearing that that kind of statement uh, from Quasi Adolfo Mensa. The, the, the situation here, though, of course, is with the Vikings in need of a quarterback, potentially. Will Kirk stay? Will he go? That's still a talker, of course, as well. I think people fall in love with this time of the offseason uh, kind of idle hand philosophy. In, in lieu of real, tangible things happening, let's imagine what we could get. And uh, That's been bandied about here a bunch among the fan base, but, but it sounds like 
Uh, and as long as they figure out how to pay him, J.J. is going to be a Viking for a long time. Yeah, uh, I would I would assume you just don't give up on that. Because like if what you want is, well, we got to find a quarterback. You know, oh, what, what do you think the quarterback wants? Uh, I don't know, a weapon? Uh, Justin yeah. Jefferson? Uh, when Patrick Mahomes took off, he had Tyreek Hill. He had Travis Kelsey. You know, he, they, they overpaid for Sammy Watkins to be the third option. I don't think anybody's idea of how to fix and you know uh, an offense and how to make a quarterback happy is to get rid of the only you know best weapon he's got. So uh, yeah, that's always puzzled me uh, a little bit there. Real quick on the uh, Timberwolves, uh, I just you know we keep getting more and more returns. We get deeper and deeper into the season, and they're still at the top. Uh, you buying it? You, you buying in for them making a run towards the finals? Yeah, I, I am buying them making a run. How deep it is, it's tough. Uh, you know, watching the muddy Western Conference, they're just weird matchups. For instance, the Wolves just match up really well against uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Now they got Kawhi working the right way. They're trying to. It's, the Clippers are like an all-star team from 2018. It feels like, but but they're rolling. And, and my point behind that is. Uh, the team that's in town tonight at Target Center, uh, they do not, the Wolves do not match up great in some respects trying to figure out the Montes Sabonis and the Sacramento Kings. So for them this season, they match up well with the Nuggets, which is great. What's going to happen once the Suns push that button down there if they're able to and, and Booker and, and KD and everybody are, uh, are completely healthy. So, um, I'm totally buying them making a run. They do have an offensive problem right now. Ball gets sticky in Anthony Edwards' hands. Everybody loves the young stud, but in the same sense, uh, they're finding themselves having to win the games they should be blowing out. They're, they're working a little bit harder in fourth quarter, second halves of games. Uh, so offensively, of all things, they need to get better there. And uh, with that said, if they're able to do that, we talked about Mike Conley being in the mix. I need his usage to go up. We talked about that the last time I joined you. Um, I, I do definitely buy them uh, under the pretense that they're finding good matchups once they get to the postseason. But they should be a top two seed and, and have some home court advantage. It'll be fun. Ah, great stuff. We appreciate it. Eric Norquist uh, there in the Twin Cities. Uh, have yourself a great week, my friend. Thank you. Cheers. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Brian D, ESPN Milwaukee 94.5 is up next. Brian, how are you, buddy? I am great. Thank you for having me. As always, appreciate it. Uh, Marquette and Creighton, uh, a big one. Uh, number five against number 12 in uh, Omaha. Uh, what's your expectation? Does uh, Marquette keep it going? Um, I'm certainly hoping so, but they could be without their Big East Player of the Year candidate, the star player Tyler Kolak, who is... For my money, the best point guard in the country, not just scoring but passing the basketball. He set a single-game school record uh, in the middle of last week with 18 assists against the DePaul Blue Demons. He's a stud, but he tweaked his oblique the other night uh, in a, uh, a home victory. Um, and uh, he said on our air last night uh, in our coaches' show with head coach Shaka Smart that, uh, or he didn't say, excuse me, Shaka told us that he spent a lot of the day yesterday with doctors with that oblique injury. Uh, so despite a blowout victory over Providence the other night at home, Tyler Kolek may not be able to go. They need him if they're going to make a deep Final Four type of run or at least get to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. So it's of the utmost importance to have him healthy. That could uh, be a bugaboo tomorrow in Omaha against a really good, deadly three-point shooting Creighton team. 
Uh, Doc Rivers came into the Bucks. They promptly started losing games. Everybody freaked out. I said, "Settle down." It's like when you get a guy back and you change the rotation, the lineup. Sometimes you got to figure it all out before it gets going. I'll bet you they get things turned in the right direction. They've now won four in a row. Is it all fixed there, or is it a product of the schedule? No, I, I think uh, the biggest thing that you could point to that is fixed is something that you and I have discussed about being the problem for this Bucks team early in the year. And that's defense. I mean, they, like you said, they won six of their last eight games. And Doc has really helped turn things around. In five of those six wins, 84 points, 95 points, 98, 85, 99. They've kept opponents under 100 points. They are defending as good as anybody in basketball right now. Finally, and you should be able to do that with a guy of the length and athleticism of Giannis on the floor. Doc has figured it out in a way that Adrian Griffin simply could not. They are back to being an NBA championship contender solely because because they're playing defense again. Yeah, and they look good, and they look impressive, and, and I think they're going to be tough. I don't know if they're going to run down uh, the Boston Celtics or anything uh, in the regular season, so they'll have to play on the road if that's the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, as good as the Cavs have been, I expect the Bucks to be the two-seed. Uh, we'll see if they're able to pull that off. Uh, Packers finished third in the NFLPA survey. Uh, I don't know. How excited are we in Green Bay about that? Yeah, I think it's a good thing overall, especially uh, because Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways created such a toxic environment, at least for the fans, or a perceived toxic environment. So one year removed to see a new quarterback, a youth influx of players, um, and, and to see some happy grades in that NFL PA survey is certainly a good thing. The one thing that was a little bit concerning was Matt LaFleur finished 26th in terms of players voting if he moderately listened to them in the locker room. So that's one thing to maybe be conscious of going forward. But uh, as long as they keep winning playoff games and developing Jordan Love, I don't think that's going to be a big time issue. All right, and what are they going to pay Jordan Love? We saw some speculation. Four for 200? What do we, what do we think the uh, contract's going to be? Yeah, isn't it crazy that, you know, 20 weeks ago, you would have called me crazy if we were going to say Jordan Love was going to get paid a $200 million, $50 million a year contract. But that's the going rate for star quarterbacks in the NFL. And that's how well Jordan Love played down the stretch. For the last eight weeks of the season, he was as good as anybody, including Patrick Mahomes, statistically. Now, obviously, Patrick got it done for you guys down there in KC in the playoffs, and Jordan Love couldn't with a couple of bad interceptions in that Niners game. But the back half of the regular season, he was as good as anybody. I don't think the Packers have a choice but to pay him around that $50 million a year mark, and uh, they seem to have their guy for the foreseeable future. Brian D. in Milwaukee, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Have yourself a great weekend, my friend. You too. Thank you very much. When I get my car back activated, I'm back to Vegas. Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal and ESPN Las Vegas. Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm good. What is up, sir? Uh, well, I, I guess, you know, the fact that the Raiders have figured it out, how to stop the Chiefs. They did get the last win against them. And Antonio Pierce talked about the Jordan rules are now the Mahomes rules. Going to rough them up. I guess he forgot that part about, like, everybody kind of had a plan for the Jordan rules and then it just pissed Jordan off more and he beat you even more. Mahomes is kind of like that, but I guess he's not worried about it. Uh, are you uh, feeling better? Is Vegas as a city feeling better since Antonio Pierce has clearly figured it out? Yeah, as somebody who you know grew up in Detroit and uh, is still kind of a fan of the horrific Pistons, um, that was kind of a bad idea, I think, to implement the George Rules, which backfired eventually and lost his career. So I, I don't know that Antonio Pierce finished the documentary. I think that might have been the problem. <laughs> 
but he did. Jordan did go on to some success. He got ten minutes in and said, "Oh, okay, this is it." He, he didn't see the six titles yeah. that came after. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, he was like, "Oh, I, I get it. It's good. I do. Okay, that's good." You, you, then he just went away. Jordan went away and crawled into a hole, and he, he was scared. That was perfect. Um, look. I, I, I know that Raiders fans are really latching on to the fact that they had that win. Um, I watched the game. I know you watched the game. I think Raiders fans watched the game. I, look, they played. They played well. They executed well. I also think Kansas City mailed it in, and I, I think Kansas City was embarrassed by that performance. And it's kind of what launched them to go on to win a Super Bowl. So I, I know that people are, you know, circle, circling that and saying, "Hey, this is a this is the blueprint, and we're just going to do this going forward." But uh, I don't know, man. I think it's a pretty dangerous game to play. And, I don't know that you want to poke the bear necessarily, and I also think that you don't want to alert the NFL to what your plans are right. for one of their star players. Um, not a great idea to me, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a head coach. I, I, I guess uh, I'm just sitting here, you know, throwing uh, critiques onto paper. So uh, what do I know? I just I, I didn't think it was the greatest idea. NFL refs are dolts. Fact. But if you're gonna like be like, hey, we're gonna show you up, like they're gonna be looking for you. I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive on that one. So yeah, laying it out there on the table, here's what we're gonna do, does not seem like uh, a good idea to me. So I, you know, it's interesting. I, I will say this: I'll quote Jeff Chadia, who said, "I don't really mind it." He said, "Look, the Bengals are the one team that talks smack to the Chiefs. Everybody else is kind of like, oh yeah, they're a great team, and we got to be ready, and we got to play hard." Which is by the way what the Chiefs say about everybody they play, so it's not like that's a death sentence. He's like, but the one team that's kind of had some success is the one that kind of talks trash at him. So, I don't know, maybe, well, the, maybe the it'll Bengals, work. The Bengals, the Bengals did that in the playoffs, right? And the, the Raiders <laughs> did it on a Christmas Day game, and they were watching the playoffs on TV. Uh, there is a I mean, like, notable you distinction. You don't only yes. have two games. You don't only have two games a season. I, I think that's that's the other part of it. Uh, Devontae Adams, is he going to be dealt? I I mean no they said they said no excuse me but um I think if they get an offer that's like really incredible and you know blows them away I, I would think anybody is is tradable um, I, I don't know what the plan is for him going forward I mean he is still playing at a very high level his stats were down because he didn't really have anybody to throw to him what is the plan for the franchise do they think they can win right now uh, then they should keep him but if they don't. Uh, you have to listen to what the offers are that are out there. If if some team is willing to give you two first-round picks and you're trying to build a roster, I think you at least have to be open to that kind of possibility. Uh, not that any team is going to throw that at them, but um, just to say he's not available seems kind of silly to me uh, based on where they are and trying to rebuild right now because, look, I said it last year and it ended up being wrong. They finished second, but to me, like they still are kind of in fourth right now. I mean, the Broncos are right there with them, but um, I, I think in terms of trying to build to where they want to be. The Chargers have a quarterback and a coach in place. The the Broncos are going to probably get a quarterback with a coach in place. The Raiders think they have their coach. They don't have a quarterback yet, but um, they still have a long way to go. So you have to at least be lit, be open to all possibility to try to build the roster where it needs to be. Where do they go at quarterback? Tony Pierce says he wants to draft a proven winner. What the hell does that mean? Huh. Like You mean like, well, look, like, I, I like, like, like Patrick Mahomes? 
Uh, well, no, because he's easy to rough up and just give him his head. Well, and, and he I think what, what was his Raiders. record, like 14-12 and 12 at Texas Tech or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's any secret if the Raiders are to go through the draft, their preferred option is Jaden Daniels. Um, I think everybody knows that. It's a it's a relationship between Antonio Pierce and Jaden Daniels that goes back to high school. Um, in, certainly in college at Arizona State, they're around each other. There's a, a huge amount of respect between those two. And I think he's their number one guy, but what's it going to cost to get up and get him? And I think that's that's the big question to answer, uh, and that the Raiders are going to have to figure out if it's worth it. And I'm sure Antonio Pierce is going to be pushing for it, and I think it's certainly something to monitor. But somehow, some way, they have to come out of here with a quarterback, uh, whether through the draft or through free agency. I don't think Aiden O'Connell's the answer. Um, and I, I am very fascinated by what the relationship is between Justin Fields and Luke Getze, who worked together in Chicago, and now there's speculation they could work together again. I thought that it was a bad relationship, but sounds like both sides are now saying it was actually a very good relationship. So I think that's certainly a name to watch. And then I think I might have said this with you before, but Kirk Cousins I, was not on my radar at all. And then Devontae Adams started talking about how he wants to catch passes from him. And Devontae Adams does not say things on accident. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, and at 13, do you think they'll be able to get J.J. McCarthy? I mean, or, you know, if, if they would not be able to get up and get Jaden Daniels, if they can't make a deal for a free agent, do they just take the best quarterback that's available at 13? Uh, a lot of people are much more sold on J.J. McCarthy than I am. And, look, I'm going to – I'll, uh, you know, shout out my hometown again. Uh, but, being, you know, being from the Detroit area and from Ann Arbor where I grew up, I love Michigan. I love J.J. McCarthy more than anyone. I never saw him as a, you know, top half of the first round type player. And I'm hearing scouts now say they love him. And there's a lot of a lot of hype about him. But um, I don't see the arm strength. I, I don't see the NFL arm that other people see. So I'll be very interested. He's a winner. No question about it. And if that is – the, the phrase that you want to use, you know, the hey, we want a guy that's a proven winner. That's J.J. McCarthy, no question. But I'm very interested to see uh, some of the arm strength and some of the other things that come out uh, these next couple of weeks with, uh, with kind of analyzing him more closely. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical on J.J. McCarthy. Just one thing to consider, our buddy Mark Carmen handles our Chicago beat uh, up there with uh, CHGO, said Michigan linebacker Mike Barrett at the Combine with high praise for J.J. McCarthy. Quote, he'll throw a ball out of his butt. So uh, you got that going for you. Uh, If you uh, do decide. I I, I stand corrected. If if you do decide to to go down that road, uh, then, you know. Just keep that in mind. That'll make for an interesting pro day. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be that should be fun. Why is is he snapping the ball? No, no, this is amazing. He's throwing the ball out of his butt. Uh, last thing I wanted to it ask is, you. I, I know. Yeah, sure. I know scouts like quarterbacks that can throw from different angles. So maybe that's you know something. A whole new platform. I think it's the new uh, combine term. Yeah, off platform. Off sure. platform. Um, all right. Last thing. Uh, free agency. We hear names being thrown around. Chiefs are trying to work a deal for Chris Jones. But if they can't, where would he go? The Raiders are a name that's mentioned. Are you hearing that they would be hot to try to get after Chris Jones? Well, it, I mean, it's a it's a, a fit that makes sense, right? I mean, that's certainly a name that's been thrown around. Um, I think a lot of people would love to see him next to Max Crosby and see how that would kind of play out. I think that would be fun to, to watch. They certainly need help in the middle. They actually got a lot of contributions in the middle of the defensive line last year, but almost all of those guys are pending free agents, so they're going to need to solidify that area. Um, I've been kind of looking at the drafts for that. Uh, I think the uh, kid, Deshaun Johnny Newton from Illinois, I love that kid. I think he's going to be incredible. 
incredible. Uh, he's a guy I've kind of had circled for the Raiders potentially. Um, but if you can address that need in free agency, I think it makes a ton of sense. So um, I think it would be a fantastic fit. I think they would love it. I think him and uh, him and Crosby would be so fun to watch together, and I think it'd be great. But it is going to be a lot of money, so uh, I think that's that's going to be an issue. Uh, one word, no, is a perfectly fine answer for this. Don't give me more than forty-five seconds if there is anything to it. Anything new on the A's in a stadium and the future there? <laughs> Can I just laugh for 45 seconds? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that's, look, there's a lot of issues that we work out. I think we've talked about that all the time. Um, it seems like this, this fit at the top site is going to be tough. And if they do move the site, I think this is one thing for people to know. If they end up wanting to move the site, it's not like they can just do that. The funding has the site written into the bill. So they're going to have to they're going to have to go back to the legislature and get it approved again. I think that would be an issue. And the, this new lawsuit from uh, from one of the teachers' associations is actually very very strong. Uh, they're looking to block this for now. So I think that's something to watch. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Adam Hill, you're the best man. We appreciate it. Have yourself a great weekend, my friend. Sounds good. I'm going to go practice throwing from my butt. I think. All right, welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. A little bit of breaking news here. Uh, we're going to go to Todd Lebo here in a second, uh, who covered the story that now has an update. Curtis, you've got the latest on Britt Reed. Yes, Missouri Governor Mike Parson has granted a commutation to former Chiefs Assistant Coach Britt Reed, who was convicted of driving while intoxicated and causing a crash that severely injured a five-year-old girl. Reed will be under house arrest until October 31st, 2025, according to Parson's office. Tom Porto, the attorney for the girl and her family, said he was in disbelief. He pleaded guilty to a single felony charge of driving while intoxicated and causing serious injury for the February 4th, 2021 crash. In November of 2022, Reed was sentenced to three years in prison, so he has been in prison for 15 months, and he is uh, one of three people today that have their sentence commuted by uh, Governor Parsons in addition to 36 people who were pardoned. Do we, uh, and this, is this standard practice? And, I, and, and I'm just hearing about it because it's somebody of... Yeah. You know, public nature that's in my wheelhouse. Do people usually, does this happen all the time? I, I, I don't know. I'm well, not, with that number, sure. I, I would think, but that's all I'm basing on. I do know it's very common for a, a president at the end of their term, if they let's say they've served four right. years. So that sort of period between November and January when they're getting ready don't for the president, he'll for a bunch of people. But for a governor? I mean, in theory, I guess the governor would have the same power. Well, I just don't I, know. He clearly has it. Yeah. He's yeah. done it. But so is it, is it, there's it, no theory about yeah. that. Yeah. The, but is it normal? But is it normal? He's done it a whole bunch with what Curtis But do you know? Is it no, normal? I don't know. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Um, let's bring Todd Lebo in here. Todd, um, yes. you covered this story. Help me out. Is this normal for a governor to do it? And we're just something I don't hear about because it's not usually somebody who had something to do in the yes. sports world? It is, it is a little normal. I don't know. I mean, the 36 people on the list are a couple dozen, and some of them were, were in different circumstances. We are just thinking about this because it is something we covered. The governor, as Adam said, he, this is the end of his term. We've talked about that a little bit when involved the, uh, the in the stadiums because if this, they have a very friendly chief's governor and Mike Parsons, and if you want to get something done down in the state, they kind of want to get that done soon. But in this case, yeah, the governor can pardon and commute sentences. 
my understanding of how this will work, I mean, he's going to be on house arrest. That means he's going to be out of jail, but he still will be. He's still guilty of what he did. He pled guilty in court to uh, the DUI charge. And he will maybe as early as today be actually released from prison. The last time I checked, he was in a prison in uh, Maryville. He'd been moved a couple places around the state. He was over closer to St. Louis early on, and then he made it to Tipton because they, they moved prisoners around. And then he most recently was up in Maryville. And I looked just a couple weeks ago. I don't know why I check every once in a while just to see where he is, but I do. And uh, so he will be out of jail. But the house arrest means, you know, what, what it's, you can leave to go do some things, but you'll be at home. And, you know, I recall going down there, and, you know, they, they, they didn't have a trial. He pled guilty. He did all the things uh, that you're supposed to do in that situation. When you plead guilty, you do all the, the the counseling and all the stuff. And there was a thought that when when he threw himself at the mercy of the court, that the judge might give him a pretty light sentence. Honestly, from the people I talked to in this field, three years was a pretty rough sentence for someone uh, in his circumstance. Now, listen, we know this much. Ariel uh, was injured badly, and the Chiefs, not not Britt Reed, the Chiefs re- reached a financial settlement with Tom Porto, the lawyer, and that family. They reached that settlement, um, and that it's all hush-hush, right? You know, it's, it's no one knows what the dollars were, but I think it was significant. So they reached that, that settlement with the family within a year or so after the actual accident happened, which, as Curtis said, was February of 21, right? It was mm-hmm. leading into the Super Bowl against the Bucks. So um, 15 months is what he spent in actual jail. That's almost half of the of the sentence. I'm a little. I mean, I'm not surprised because anything happens with people. I mean, I, I think we went back and they investigated everyone on that list who had their sentence pardoned or commuted. There's probably an interesting story behind each one of them and why the governor has decided to commute each one of those people or pardon each one of those people. But this is. I, not something I thought I would see today. I'll say that much. And to your point about the length of the sentence, there is this quote from Governor Parsons from Todd Palmer of KSHB 41, quote, Mr. Reed has completed his alcohol abuse treatment program and has served more prison time than most individuals convicted of similar offenses. Yeah, some people thought he would get this thing where it's like called the hard 90 or something, uh, where where you would go in and it's just, uh, you know, it's, I don't, I don't. I don't have the right adjective to call what that is, but many people I talked to in this field were like, "Wow!" I mean, they really made an example of him with the three-year sentence. So, listen, there's people going to be mad on either side of this whole thing. It was a tragic thing that happened. He did plead guilty. He did go to jail for 15 months. Um, very few people serve their entire sentence in, in the prison system unless it's murder. Uh, where you're in there for life and there's no chance of parole. People get out all the time. Um, he will not just be scot-free, though, because he will be on house arrest. <clears throat> this is, uh, I guess, you know, it's, it's shocking for me to hear, but I guess I, I shouldn't be shocked. It's just that I don't hear about these things going on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I promise you, if we had that list of people who got their sentence pardoned or commuted, if we went and Googled each one of the news stories about it, you're like, how is this person pardoned? You know what I mean? I mean, you, you would you would get that way. Uh, this is the how the sausage is made, I suppose, in this world. Uh, but I remember being down there for the for the sentencing. And I, you know, honestly, from from everything I saw in the in the courtroom that day, 
And like I said, the people I talk to in this field and defense attorneys and, and DUIs and personal injuries and all that, many people were like, wow, he kind of got more than they thought he would get. I mean, they, they there was a chance that, you know, he might have gotten a really, really, really long probation on that day in November of 22. Um, but he didn't get that, and he got a pretty pretty hefty sentence. Um, do you think he ever coaches again? No, no, I don't think so. I'd be shocked. Yeah, I, I would too. Uh, and when is when is like this is something that was done as Adam was saying from a pre- presidential standpoint? I, I, I know they happen. They usually do it the last day, of right? The presidential things like the last day. Now mm-hmm. maybe there'll be more. I'll have to go back and do a little research on when they pardon people. But he, he, you know, he's not on the list alone. And, anybody, I, and I said pardon. Many people were pardoned. He was his sentence was commuted. And that is a different thing. Um, but yeah, they, I don't know why now. Other than it's Friday afternoon, <laughs> you know, old Friday news dump. We get these right. Well, this this can't be popular, can it? No, I, I don't think so. It'd be popular, you know, among like the Reed family that they get their, you know, his wife and kids get their husband and and, and father back at home. Sure, uh, but it won't be popular amongst the public who listen. People love the Chiefs. We know that. They've looked the, the other way on many things that have happened with the Chiefs. This was a tough one. Take yourself back in time. Uh, this was COVID. Um, people weren't out and about. Uh, you know, two days later or three days later, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl. You know, they never really answered a lot of questions about it because it was easy to say at that point his contract was over. He's no longer an employee of the Chiefs, you know. And the Chiefs have done – we talked about this briefly the other day. You know, it was very unfortunate timing for Clark Hunt to have those NFLPA rankings come out while he was meeting with the media, basically. And generally speaking, I'll say this. This is not uh, hocus-pocus here. I remember the day that they gave us Clark Hunt a few years ago. They said, all right, we have Clark Hunt available in an hour and a half. You know, for the midseason report, and we went out there and we talked to Clark Hunt, and then an hour and a half later, they they announced that they had come to a settlement with his family. Well, of course, they did that after we, and then you don't talk to Clark Hunt again for three months. You know what I mean? So uh, this is the timing on everything that they've been around this particular thing. They've done a good job of not talking about it, and uh, so well, and, and I don't. I don't it's almost like it's that. almost like they're working with the governor and know what he's going to do as they schedule their conversations well this at this point is not a chief thing this is a right a read thing but 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 like everybody the, the whole consensus is on the stadium front that the royals and chiefs are jamming this forward now this fast this early because parsons is going to give them more state they money yeah. they don't know that they'll get that kind of sweetheart deal after he's out of office right that's the perception that's the, that's absolutely perception. Is I think he won't. You know, you don't know who the governor is going to be. Uh, is it going to be someone who's a season ticket holder? <laughs> you know, it's the Chiefs and he's a big fan uh, who's got his fingers on the purse strings, or will it be something else? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen. This is this is the wheels of government doing what they do. And but I'm not saying that's what happened in this particular case. I think in this case, listen, Mike Parsons is a Chiefs fan or whatever. But I suppose he could have done this a year ago and didn't. So, I, you know, for me personally, this thing was tragic and terrible and an awful mistake. And I drive that gate. I drive out of gate five three times a week. And every time I drive out, I think, how are you going 80 miles an hour at this point? Because I know right where it happened. I've seen all the pictures. It was awful. And Britt Reed uh, did a terrible thing. There's no question about that. But also, 
the family got a got a bunch of money from the chiefs and doesn't make everything right or wrong and he went to jail and a lot of times these things happen and those things don't happen you know what i mean sometimes people get hit by uh, a car and it's not someone who works for the chiefs and where do you get the money from and what do you do and maybe they don't go to jail you know what i mean I, there's, there's ugly things that happen in the justice system all the time and this is this has been an interesting one to watch for sure um i'm not offended that he's getting out of jail after 15 months I quite frankly was a little bit surprised he got he got three years to start with, and many people I talked to after that were like, "Oh, well, he'll be out and he'll be out in three months. He'll be out in you know 120 days. He'll be out in whatever." And he's been in jail for 15 months. They took him that day in jail at the, at the courthouse down there, and they walked him back. He didn't get to go home that day. It was like, "All right, you're walking out," just like they do in the movies. And it's like, "Wow!" I was I was pretty stark for me to see that happen that day. Yeah. All right, Todd. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks for the insight. Uh, we'll talk with you on Monday. Yeah, we'll have more Friday news dumps. Yeah. Stay tuned. Here it is. Uh, Thank you, Todd. Todd Lebo uh, covered the uh, Britt Reed story. If you're just getting into your car, I know we get a lot of people uh, hopping in the car, headed out. Britt Reed's sentence commuted, uh, which means basically... They agree, agreed to a down, down to a lesser a lesser sentence. Is yeah, what basically, basically the governor decided that that's enough, yeah. and now you're out. So Britt Reed will leave uh, prison or did leave prison as uh, Governor Parsons has commuted his his uh, sentence. Uh, he's not the only one. How many others? Just to give uh, there the were details. two other people that had their sentences commuted. Thirty six people had their sentences um, pardoned. Were, were pardoned, which means they were released. Which okay, all right. So there it is. House uh, arrest under house arrest until October. October 31st of 25. The Friday news dump uh, is what we call it. Uh, fly under the radar. Um, open people won't see it. We did. There it is. All right. The Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer. Tyreek Hill, 30 today, 28 career touchdowns of at least 50 yards. How many players have had more? Uh, one. Actually, four. Well, really, Randy Moss? Uh, let's see. Jerry Rice had 38. Uh, quantity. Deshaun Jackson, 35. Oh, wow. Randy Moss, 32. Thank you. Steve Smith, 29. Yep, he was, he was, a, uh, he was a go-deep guy. Uh, wow. Okay. Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a wise choice. It's Friday. Treat yourself. Kansas yeah. City is the best barbecue anywhere around. The Kansas uh, the uh, Kansas City's best fries, uh, best onion rings, best sides, along with the world's greatest barbecue. It's right there at Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. And like I said, beautiful weather coming up. Uh, we talk about the uh, specials over at Hen House. i got to have something to grill it on. Yeah. Uh, i got both my grills uh, at the Kansas City Barbecue store. They're fantastic. Their knowledge, their know-how. Um, they did a great job. I was probably going to get a grill that was way too much. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to do this? Are you going to do that? I'm like, no. Well, yeah, let's look at this one. And it's been perfect. Uh, sauces, uh, utensils, rubs, meat, fuel, all of it. It's at the Kansas City Barbecue Store right across the parking lot from Joe's in Olathe at 119th and Strangline. You can find them online at the Kansas City BBQ Store. Dot com. I'll see them today. Um, there is a kid, uh, Higgins, DB from Clemson, I think, who's run a 4-2-8 today. Wow. Is that a new record? Would it be? I was thinking that, that like 4-2-9 by... Hmm. 
was was the was the old record. I think we may have a new it could be. fastest combine time ever. John Ross the third, four two two. Four two two, okay. John Ross the third, Chiefs legend. Remember the uh John Ross the third. <laughs> yes. Remember the all drug Olympics? They should have an all drug combine. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh but John Ross the third was a chief. Yeah, he went to training camp with the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Decided to retire. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Love it. But he'll always be number nine. Number nine. He'll always be the yeah until until it's broken. But the fastest guy ever at the combine, forty yard dash. Will you? How much of the combine will you watch this weekend, Curtis? Very little. Very little. I, I my friend Matt will watch every second of it. I, I'm not really. Uh, I'll just kind of watch maybe some of the the recaps. I, I won't. I won't watch a lot of it. Uh, I'm a fan. I'll have it on in the background anytime I'm doing something, uh, for sure. I, uh, I I geek out to all the numbers and everything <laughs> that's there. Plus, there's just great draft talk around it. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, no event since, you know, I'm a big fan of ESPN and the work that they do. But I like the NFL Network better because they focus on the prospects more. ESPN, yes. it's like kind of going on in the background while we talk about the top five picks again. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it is. That, well, they, let's talk about no, let's no talk joke. about Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and that is you know, no joke. Marvin Harrison's the number one wideout. Like, there's like a compelling guys. stuff there. Yeah, yes, let's go take a People look. People are watching that on your station because they want to see these guys. They can get the stuff. The pablum they're peddling anywhere. I felt talk about the guys who are actually there. Why are you there? Stay back at the studio then. The best coverage for me, and it wasn't. It didn't require you to watch the whole thing. But find you always had great clips when Deion Sanders was doing it before he got into coaching. Sort of the back and forth between Rich Eisen and Deion had some great quotes. Um, but that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, ooh, this guy, you know, did his combine bring him from a fifth to a third? Like, it wasn't anything like that. It was just him being well, funny. I, I might be, maybe I'm wrong. So I'll give people at ESPN a lot of credit. They've been programming a giant family of networks for a long time. But for me as a football guy, I want to like you. I mean, you do have four channels, so if you wanted to geek out, ESPN two wall to wall combine. Yeah, you know, I mean, like what else is going on that you got to play? You know, that to not go deeper into it. And I get the idea that, well, listen, like the mainstream, our audience turns over every every thirty minutes, so we got to get back to what the main thing is. What people like want to hear top forty well, radio or something. You know what? It's kind of like you've given us no reason to watch for more than thirty minutes for twenty years because we know and you're going to go and then to turn around and be like, well, you don't watch for more than thirty minutes. I know because you don't give us anything compelling to look at. Yeah, it's, you're, it's you know I don't know I. It's like oh okay here's boxing, we'll tell you once. Every three months, when there's a big fight, and then we want you to pay two hundred dollars for it, as opposed to giving us a lot of good. This guy's on the up, and you know, I remember watching Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You know, his eighth fight, his ninth fight, his tenth fight. You know, boxing just—you can't find boxing for free, and like they're like, oh, well, you know, 
it's not what it used to be. I, I don't, you kind of did it to yourself. Yes. And I, and I kind of feel like, yes, okay, they're the NFL Network. We're not going to out NFL Network the NFL. I mean, what are you talking about? You talk NFL all year <laughs> round, you and you have four networks. That's all you do. ESPNU. What, what, I mean, come on. Well, we're using the college, you know, men's and women's college basketball. Okay, ESPN2. ESPN News. Here's the news of the NFL. There's no bigger news than this right now. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't either. It's the only thing in the NFL that's going on right now. I don't it's care. Compelling. People, the more information that there is out there, the Internet has made everyone who's an NFL fan, they all have their mock drafts. They all want to know what this mm-hmm. They all know what their team needs. 30 years ago, you might have had a reason not to run this stuff. Now everyone has it. They want to see it. They want to, want to see what this guy does. I... Uh... I definitely massive think, customer base out there. I definitely think this is the NFL Network at its best. They geek out. They go hardcore. They give you like right now. They're just showing every forty of every DB. Right. I. If you're a nerd, you want to see that stuff. So I'll be watching. All right, we'll take a break. She need to knows next. All right, three players have hit multiple World Series home runs against the Royals. Name any one of them. Brought to you by Good Sense. <laughs> 